Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast. This is your host, Forrest Bryant. We're sponsored by High Speed Alliance, and we are very excited uh, to have Marco Santarelli on the line today. Marco, how are you doing? Good, Forrest. How are you today? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're, uh, we got a, a, a live connection from uh, California to, uh, to, to North Alabama, and so we're coming in loud and clear. Uh, thanks for listening today. We are always looking to help our, our clients and our listeners on their path to freedom and legacy. We do that by mastering the business, finances, family, and lifestyle. And one of those big things uh, that we'd like to talk about is uh, is passive income and single family homes is a is a very big part of that. So uh, uh, Marco is a is a expert and has developed a a, a wonderful uh, online platform where investors can find great cash flowing single family properties. And so they've got a they've got a funnel. Uh, for investors to, uh, to to look online and to look in, in different cash flow markets all across the U.S. So we're excited to uh, for him to kind of talk a little bit about that today and how we got to this point. So, uh, uh, Marco, thanks for coming to the show today. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself uh, to our to our listeners, please? Sure. Thanks, Forrest. I appreciate you inviting me on as a guest. Uh, it's a real honor. Um, yeah, just you know, quick quick uh, overview about myself. I I really am one of those guys that jumped in early on. In fact, when I turned 18 years old, I, that's when I bought my first property. It was one of those things where I didn't go to a boot camp or educate myself. I didn't read a book. I just literally jumped into the whole thing and uh, took the bull by the horns. But um, at the end of the day, it was textbook. I bought this property. I financed it. Um, I, you know, at 18, I was able to get a mortgage loan. I fixed it up. I leased it. There was no internet back then, so it was really sticking a sign in the front lawn. I, I printed off, or Xerox, as they used to say, a bunch of uh, lease applications, you know, and um, picked someone. I'm not sure who I, I, I picked, but I threw someone in that property, and I managed it for years. Now, here's, here's a lesson. The biggest mistake I made is I sold the damn property. And I, <laughs> And, and, you know, in hindsight, I realized it was a mistake because that property I bought for about $40,000 then is worth about $400,000 today. That's how much that area appreciated. And it would have been free and clear and, you know, cash flowing very well, probably 3000 a month. But anyway, you learn through your mistakes, you know, um, it's a good teacher, but that's, that's how I got started in real estate. And then, um, I don't know how deep you want me to get forced. I, I could go on and on keep about Keep going, keep going. We want to hear it. Sure. All right. So that, that's how I got started in real estate. Um, it, the writing was on the wall and I just kept buying from that point forward. It was just one of those things where I knew it was the thing to do, even though I start, I was a serial entrepreneur and I kept starting businesses um, all along the way with friends and, and partners. But uh, 2003 was a major turning point. 2003, everybody was saying that real estate was on fire. You saw property values appreciating all over the country, especially in the coastal markets where I live, like in, in Southern California and investors back then, I say investors in quotes were really more speculative, speculative. I call them speculators because they were after the capital gains. I didn't want to be going down that road, but, um, but I got back into real estate after coming out of a dot-com failure. Um, I took two years off. I was fortunate enough to be in a position where I could just do nothing and just sit back and contemplate life and just figure out what I wanted to do. Um, but I got back into real estate when I got an email from Robert G. Allen. You might recognize the name. He's one of the grandfathers of Nothing Down Real Estate. And he's written many, many books. I think he's authored and co-authored 20 books. 
Um, but he lived down here in Southern California. He was putting on this free three-day boot camp or event in, in California, in Orange County. And uh, you know how that goes. They provide you with a lot of good content, and then they sell you a, a really expensive program. Um, well, that happened. There was about 2,000 people in the room, and by the end of the first day, people were running to the back of the room, credit card in hand, and they were spending literally from 15000 on the low end up to $35,000 for five boot camps, and those were spread around the United States. You still had to pay for your flight and your accommodation, so it was a very expensive endeavor. I had time on my hands, and I had a credit card, so I bought this program, and I went to these boot camps. And although they were good, they weren't great. Um, I knew in some cases more than the, than the instructor that was teaching. The point is this, a lot of these people, and I feel bad for some of them, were spending tens of thousands of dollars trying to get an education, but still weren't in a position where they could pull the trigger and make their investment. And so people were coming to me saying, hey, Marco, you're buying a lot of property. How are you doing it? Can you mentor me or coach me? Um, can you help me out? Can you find me some properties? Well, I didn't want to be a coach. I didn't want to sell info products, books, and tapes. I wasn't that type of guy, but I was willing to be the guy at the end of the food chain to say, hey, you know what? If you want to educate yourself and you're really willing to do this and you have the capacity to do so, I'll provide you the deals. And so that's really how the business was born is, is I wanted to be the person that could provide you a well-vetted, uh, good investment property on a silver platter um, when you're ready to invest. And, um, and that's how Norada Real Estate Investments was born. So that's kind of a compressed version from 18 years old to, you know, 2003 when I, I was invested. By the way, in 2004, I accumulated 84 doors, 84 units in that one, one year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a perfect illustration of, you know, knowledge goes to, you know, this, the community of people and you got some people you know, that are just going to take it and take a lot of action. And then, you know, the vast majority is going to get all this information and then, you know, do nothing with it. So, you know, if you're, if you're out there and you're listening, you know, don't, 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 don't be in that uh, category that receives uh, the information and then doesn't take the action. You got to take the action um, to, to, to pair up with the knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Action is critical. I mean, you could, you could spend your entire life educating yourself and trying to model, model yourself after successful people. But until you get to that third element of, of my formula for success, which, which is execution, nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. You could be the most educated person in the world, but if you don't actually put that knowledge to, you know, into practical action, you, you're going to go nowhere. Yeah. So uh, we'll take us into like where we are today about with, with, with Norada and with the website to, to give us, you know, give our listeners a little bit of overview on, on, on how that works and how they can use it. Sure. So, you know, we dub ourselves as a complete turnkey provider. We, we like to say that we're the premier source for, for turnkey cash flow investment property nationwide. And when I say nationwide, we're actually representing about 18 different markets, including, you know, the great state of Alabama there. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, um, you know, we come and go based on how the markets are. So we'll go in and out of markets as long as there's opportunity there. We have the right team and the numbers make sense. I don't like to be in 18 markets, but we are only because inventory is tight and we've had to go wide in order to make up for the lack of depth in any one particular market. We started with about six markets and that's ideal. Uh, I like to focus on three cash flow markets, three growth potential markets, but today it's just tough to do that. So we're in 18 markets. And, you know, to answer your question, what we provide are completely 
turnkey renovated properties that have no deferred maintenance. They have tenants in place. They're cash flow positive from day one. They have professional property management in place. We have the financing title companies, inspectors, and everything an investor possibly could need as one solution under one roof. And so we are the primary point of contact. Think of us as a hub of a wheel and everything you as an investor need is a spoke on that wheel. I wanted to do that because we wanted to be a complete resource and solution for an investor, but at the same time, be completely agnostic. And what I mean by that is we're not married to a market. We're not married to a provider. We're not married to a management company. We can hire and fire these, these people and bring them in and out of our network as needed, as long as they're providing the best quality service and they're the best of breed for our clients. Every year I have to fire at least one property management company and, and bring a, you know, a couple of new providers in and, and kick a few providers out. Um, that ability allows us to be very nimble and uh, continue to work with the right people. And plus it gives us a lot of leverage because we do so much volume every year. We're able to uh, not only attract the best, but, um, but if our, if our clients have an issue, we literally send an email or pick up the phone and people jump figuratively speaking, you know, to rectify the situation or improve communication or fix a little problem. They're pretty rare, but they do happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and that was going to be one of my follow-up questions. And I think you, you kind of hit on that. Maybe we can go a little bit deeper, but uh, you know, management of a single family portfolio is one of the most critical things. And so that's where I know a lot of, uh, investors get really frustrated as if they have poor management. So, and I, I was going to ask you if you guys did that internally or if you, if you outsource that, uh, to, to third party. So how does that work with, uh, and, and I think you answered the question and, and, and you can replace them if they're, if they're not doing a good job, but, you know, get, talk, talk, talk about that just a little bit as far as, uh, you know, how you work with those management companies to protect the investor. Right. So I, I half jokingly say that property management is a completely thankless job. At the same time, I say you live and die by your property manager. Your property man, you know, this real estate is a team sport. You have to have a team. And the most important person on that team is your property manager, or your property management company. So management is a local business, just like real estate is a local phenomenon. You know, there's no such thing as a national real estate market. Everything is local. And and really I'll take it even further. I'll say it's hyper local. It could be down to the suburb or even neighborhood level. And so because of that, you know, you can't have a nationwide management company. They, They just can't operate on a national level unless you're a franchise, but even then the management itself is done locally. So we work with local providers of every kind in every market. We, we work with them. We have a relationship with them. We vetted them. So we know who they are and how they operate. And this is why our turnover is so low. Um, but management is done by local management companies. And, and, and in every market, we'll have two, maybe three different management companies. Um, but we'll always have a management company tied to and managing every property that you see on our website. Uh, by the way, our website is great, has a lot of good tools, but we're actually scoping a new website. So in the next two months, we'll have a brand new website up, which will have even more tools for real estate investors. But yeah, yeah um, management is local and we don't do it. We don't want to do it. So that's, that's, that's great. Um, and, and that's one thing that, that, that and I think investors want to hear is that, uh, you know, that's taken care of. And if things are not working that, you know, there's an opportunity, of course, you know, certainly want everything to work, work perfectly and want to have great management, but, uh, it's nice, uh, to be able to, uh, uh, 
plug and play there, I guess is maybe that's not a very good term, but um, uh, if things are not, if things are not working that we can find other good management and it's hard to find a good manager. I know, uh, I know some good ones and I know some that uh, <laughs> that are not so good, but yeah. uh, that's definitely, uh, definitely important. You know, one, one of the other things I think that, and you, and you hit on this as well. And one, one kind of follow up question to that is, uh, uh, you know, the market is very important in making sure that you're going into, into the right market. So you've got uh, access into uh, in, in a lot of data into 18 different markets. So, um, you know, maybe just, uh, you know, your opinion, you know, I, I hate to use the term crystal ball. It's a little overused, but um, <laughs> obviously, you know, U.S., you know, kind of where we are in the cycle right now, you know, as far as supply and demand, um, you know, you and I, have a lot of connections in a lot of different markets. I talked to a lot of people all over the U S and, um, you know, supply is tight right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. I hear that from all of my guys, they're having, they're having a harder time finding, finding, finding good deals. Uh, and demand is high in, in many of the markets. So, you know, rental rates are, are high and, uh, sales prices are high. And so, you know, we've got some good demographics, but, you know, we're also maybe a little bit late in the cycle. I think a lot of people would probably agree with that. So, you know, can you comment to, you know, supply and demand and, 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 uh, and I'll even, I'll, I'll, I'll put affordability out there a little bit too. Maybe you can kind of, uh, touch on that, but, you know, what are you seeing in the, in those 18 markets regarding, you know, supply and demand and affordability for single family homes in the U S right now? Yeah, we have a growing problem in this country with affordability dropping. Uh, prices have appreciated a lot, and part of that has been driven by the fact that supply has been low. Um, we have, for the most part, emptied the, the foreclosure pipeline that we saw come out of the 2008 housing crisis. And so there were a lot of foreclosures, and in the states that are non-judicial, those clear out pretty quickly. In the judicial states, that they take a longer period of time, like Florida, for example. So we still have a good supply of inventory in the Florida markets. But uh, supply is low. Housing demand is strong. We are probably putting out three-quarters or 75% of the housing demand that we need on an annual basis each year. So that means we have a, a 25% or 250000 um, household deficit every year in this country. And that problem is growing. So what does that mean to you and me as an investor? Well, it means that uh, inventory is becoming harder and harder to find. Good rentable inventory is becoming harder to find. Prices are appreciating faster than rental rates, which is lowering what we call a rent to value ratio or RV ratio. Some people refer to it as a a rent to price ratio. The point is, is that when you have uh, property values going up faster than the rents, that property becomes less and less attractive as an investment because your cap rate goes down, your cash on cash return will go down. So not only do the rate, um, the returns look less attractive, you have less inventory to choose from. And this is going on in most of the markets around the country. Um, In the 18 markets that we're in, fortunately, most of them, we continue to get um, a decent flow of inventory, more so in a market like Indianapolis, as an example. Um, the Alabama markets are pretty good. We'll have at any given time anywhere from five to maybe 10 at any given moment. Uh, Atlanta, forget it. Don't even, you know, don't even try. Atlanta has been so tight for the last two years that it's, we're really lucky to get any, any inventory in, in the Atlanta market. We love Atlanta because it's been a fantastic cash flow market. And then the last three, four years has been a fantastic growth market, lots of price appreciation, which is a good and a bad thing all at the same time as I, you know, just talked about. 
So I guess, you know, that's a long answer to your question, but, mm-hmm. but s- supply is a problem. Uh, cap rates across the board, even in the commercial space are dropping. We were seeing cap rate compression and um, you know, we fight um, every week and every month to get inventory for our clients. We have actually more investor demand than we have inventory to give them. So, I mean, it's a good problem, but it's a problem nonetheless. And then what I'm seeing, if, if that's what you asked me, Forrest, mm-hmm. what I'm seeing is um, I'm seeing sales slowing down in some markets across the country. I'm seeing the rate, that, that's the operative word there, the rate of appreciation start, starting to drop. That doesn't mean that these markets are not appreciating. They continue to appreciate, but at a slower and slower pace, which is a healthy sign. We want to see that. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're going to get to a point where it'll cap out. It, you'll, it'll plateau. And then the question is, you know, where does it go from there? Affordability is always at the heart of it because when people can't afford a market, you know, they look elsewhere. If, and especially if, if jobs are not abundant and jobs are at the heart of it all. Uh, you, and I guess you guys are fighting that a little bit in California where the affordability index is uh, getting, getting out of hand. Right. So um, maybe why don't you, uh, you know, add, we'll, we'll add, add, uh, you're already adding some tremendous value here, but, uh, out of those 18 markets, like what are your top three or four? Um, I always like to complicate questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say, well, that depends. Um, it depends on whether you're looking for a cash flow market or you're looking for a market that has more growth potential. Cause, um, I'll talk about this at the end of the month at your, uh, at your event. Um, but I, cl- I classify markets as either cash flow growth or a hybrid of the two. Hmm. So the short answer to your question is um, if you're looking for cash flow, Memphis is a kind of a perennial market. Um, Birmingham is a great perennial market for cash flow. Um, Indianapolis, I think I would categorize as, you know, a good perennial market for cash flow as well. If you're looking for more of a hybrid market that has growth potential, the numbers may not be as sexy on paper in terms of the rates of return. I'd say Jacksonville, Florida is one of those markets Tampa is another one of those markets. Um, Houston, I would probably classify as a hybrid market, you know, where there's good growth potential and you still have decent numbers when you can get the inventory. Great. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And um, um, I would, I would get experience with, with those markets too. And I, I, I would say just from my opinion, I, I support, I support that. You've got the data to back it up. Um, how many houses do you guys sell uh, per year or, through, through your, through Norada? Um, it's, it's between four and 500. We're on track to hit 500 this year. So wow. somewhere in that range. Ah, that's great. Congratulations. Um, so let's see, we're, uh, we're kind of coming around to the kind of winding it down on the, on the, on the front end of the, of the public, uh, site here. And before we go over to the, to the private site and we'll, we'll, uh, for our members only, but, uh, so Marco, um, you've been very successful, and um, I'm just curious, uh, do you have a, uh, do you have a book or a quote that you might want to share with our listeners? Um, yeah, well, let, let me start with a quote first. Uh, I love this quote. It's, it's something that I, 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 I put in, I literally put it in print. It's in our, our booklets. And, and it's this, it's, it's the key to financial freedom and great wealth is a person's ability to convert earned income into passive income and or portfolio income. That is the key. Because people stay stuck 
in the E quadrant of the cash flow quadrant or the S, which is a lot of dentists, doctors and whatnot. They're professionals. They earn a, a good income. They're busy. Um, they're, but they're for the most part self-employed and they're capped, you know, in how much they can leverage their time. Um, but if you can take that earned income, that professional income, convert it to pa- passive and portfolio income, that's how you get to financial freedom. I, I love it. And that, that you're preaching to the choir here. I love it. That's music to my ears. Cause that's what, that's what we, we really try to help our, you know, a lot of times we got high income physicians and dentists and, and small business owners and you know, a lot, a lot of income is, is coming in while they're working, but it's dependent on their, their, their time uh, be, being at the chair and taking care of patients. And uh, you know, if something happens to that, or if they retire then that earned income goes away. So I uh, totally agree. And, and take, taking that income and, and leveraging that into, investments like we were talking about that have a, a potential for long-term appreciation and, uh, and cash flow along the way. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. What about a book? Got a book to share? Yeah. Every time I get asked this question, it's often, um, it's hard to really narrow it down to one particular book. So sometimes I'll throw out two or three if, you know, if, if I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I was on a podcast the other day and they asked me for a book and I think I gave them four. So I like to over deliver. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many books out there. It's hard to pick one. Um, I'm literally surrounded by 800 books plus probably closer to a thousand books in my home office here. Um, and I'm boxing it all up because of renovation, but, um, I, I, I look at here are the here are the first two books that come to mind for someone who even if you're seasoned and, and you've got properties under your belt it's still a, a darn good book even if you read it once every two years and I know you've heard this a million times Forrest but the Rich Dad Poor Dad book is such a foundational book not so much that it's all tactics there's there's not a lot of tactics tactics in there, but it really helps set a framework in your mind. Uh, So I'm sure most of your listeners have read it probably more than once, but for those who haven't, um, you know, read it. And for those who've read it, read it again. It is a foundational book. Um, It's also motivating and inspiring. So it's, it's well worth the read. And and the 20th, um, 20th anniversary edition just came out and it's got some additional notes in it. So it's probably worth picking that copy up. Um, kind of an intermediate type level book is the millionaire real estate investor by, uh, Gary Keller. Um, that book to me is a little bit all, uh, all over the place. Uh, every chapter just doesn't seem to pick up on the previous chapter. It's, it's quite scattered, but it's a great, great book. And, um, I really think that's well worth reading. Um, beyond that, uh, those are the two picks, but beyond that, read things like, uh, how to win friends and influence people think and grow rich, you know, work on yourself. The, best investment anybody can make is the investment they make in themselves. It's not so much what you invest in, whether it's gold, silver, or real estate, you know, invest in yourself because the smarter you become, the more knowledgeable you come, become the better the investor you become. Well said, well said. Um, Marco, what does, uh, I know you're passionate about helping, helping uh, clients with uh, uh, generate financial freedom in their life. Uh, what, what does that, what is freedom? You know, here we are, uh, you know, this is a, uh, it's, I, I like, I like to have evergreen podcast or evergreen content, which, you know, usually I try to refrain from, you know, saying, saying dates and specific things, but, uh, you know, we can't, I, I'll just, I'll go ahead and pitch it out. We're, uh, you know, we're right before independence day and we're celebrating freedom for our country. And, um, you know, I'm just curious, uh, you know, what, what does freedom mean, uh, to you and, and, and how are you helping, um, with your, uh, followers? Well, my personal mission, before I answer your question, my personal mission is also my company's mission. And, and I've told you this before. 
but it's simply to help as many people as we possibly can create financial freedom through the vehicle of real estate. You know, that, that's what I believe in the most. I invest in so many different things, but real estate is my number one all-time favorite. So my personal definition of freedom is simply this, the ability to live the lifestyle that you want because you have the time and financial freedom to do so. That opens it up to being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, and that could be with family, friends, charity, um, doing work because you love it, not because you have to do it. You know, that that's how I define freedom. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, um, we're going to uh, kind of shift over to the to private side in a minute here, and we're going to talk about a lot of other things on the, on the back end. So there's some other alternative investments that you're uh, in, involved in. Um, do you want to, you want to kind of just give a little teaser here that <laughs> the teaser, uh, I, I do invest in a lot of different things from, from, from crypto to silver and gold, but, uh, the, the fastest growing industry in the country is the cannabis industry. The fastest growing industry in the world right now is the cannabis industry. And so we have two projects that have been pretty much completed and funded at this point. And we're looking to cookie cutter the pod farm model that we created into other states and other locales. And so we will be raising capital for that. So there's your teaser. There's a little teaser. So uh, uh, members don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to, we're going to dive into that a little bit further. And um, if you'd like to, uh, if you're listening on the public side here and you want to know a little bit more about that, uh, 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 you know, you can sh- shoot us a, an email and Marco, if they want to get in touch with you, um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, uh, you know, give us uh, how should they do that? Um, either one of our two websites, um, the, the, they both have a ton of free information. The podcast website's the easiest to remember because it's easy to spell out. It's passiverealestateinvesting.com. And where you find all the properties that we were talking about is on our main website, which is noradarealestate.com, N-O-R-A-D-A, noradarealestate.com. Perfect. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening and you want that, just go to the show notes and we'll have that there. Well, uh, Marco, you've been a great guest. We could, uh, we could do this all day long, but, um, uh, time constraints are, uh, what they are. So we're going to, we're going to wrap it up. I'll, I'll, any, any parting words for the public side? Invest in yourself, educate yourself and, and invest, take action. Don't just listen to podcasts all day long. Invest. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Okay. Thanks for listening to High Speed Podcast. Uh, We hope to see you guys soon and uh, have a great day. Bye. Hi, this is Dr. Forrest Bryant, and I want to thank you for listening to the High Speed Podcast. Uh, We want to remind you that the information we share on this show is impersonal and only our opinion. You should not take impersonal advice and apply it to your own situation without discussing this information with us or with another licensed professional uh, that's familiar with your situation. Um, Our opinions are just that, and this show is for education only. Uh, This is in no way a solicitation or offer to sell any securities or other types of investments. So thank you, and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.